And welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today, Matt welcomes a jack-of-all-trades, namely the singer-songwriter, producer, and DJ mashup artist meekly known as Shyboy. Once a member of the band Hypnagaja, Shyboy discusses their present disillusion, but reaffirms a working relationship with its members for some of his solo work, work which he also discusses from his last two albums, Lost in Space and Water on Mars, to his most recent EP, Daisy Pusher. In active DJ, Shyboy's solo career was complemented by a recent residency at the Club Booty at the Echoplex in Los Angeles. And replete with a love for making mashups, Shyboy's life as a multifaceted man of the industry is discussed with Matt in thorough detail. So, from musical tastes and an ode to Donna Summer, to sci-fi and comic books, here's Matt Storm and Shyboy. How are you, man? Alright, alright. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me for a bit. Well, I've been a big fan of Hypnogaja and your work since pretty much as far back as I can remember since you guys started. Um, and uh, the newest record that you released, Lost in Space, I really, really enjoyed. So I wanted okay. to reach out and chat. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask is the two newest records, Waters of Mars and Lost in Space, are obviously space themed. Is there a specific reason for it besides the songs themselves? Or is there a specific connection to space that you wanted those records to reflect? Just my childhood obsession with space travel. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you're a big uh, sci-fi nerd then, I'm guessing, too, and enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yep. Um, and um, also, obviously, you've been doing solo work for quite some time, as well as your work with Hypnogaja. Is that a thing that you're planning on going back to, working with the rest of the guys of Hypnogaja and doing band stuff? Or is this kind of the direction you're planning on taking, just sticking uh, this solo? Is, this is kind of the direction I'm planning on taking. Uh, I mean, I still work with the guys in Hypnogaja uh, on my solo stuff. Um, so there's no, you know, bad blood there or anything. But uh, we've all moved on. And... Uh, this is what we're doing now. Cool. Well, I know you work with Mark still a lot. I see him in the live shots. Um, I'm friends with him as well, you know, and I've chatted with him a bit. So it's cool to see that he was actually, I'd done an interview with you guys text-based uh, via email ages ago. And he did a lot of the call and response for me on behalf of the band, which was a lot of fun. Um, and there's definitely a crossover sound between your solo stuff and the work you had been doing in Hypnogaja. I mean, especially with your singing voice and the style kind of, bleeds through from one to the next. Um, do you have any plans? I know you were in New York a while back. Do you have plans on going on tour as Shy Boy and seeing the country and playing some more live shows? Uh, if those opportunities present themselves, yes. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> they have yet to pretty much present themselves. I mean, when we went to New York, uh, we were part of the CBGB Fest uh, there. So that was uh, the main reason for going out there and doing those shows because we had something that actually took us out there. But uh, nothing's on the books as far as a big tour or anything right now. 
Okay. Um, so how did you get your start with music? Obviously, your sound is very influenced by rock and techno, it sounds like, and a lot of other things. Um, when you were younger, did you always want to be a singer and a musician, or is it something you came to later? I mean, yeah, uh, kind of. I grew up, you know, a big fan of music, obviously, and I uh, was in every choir I could put myself into and doing music that way, uh, just because I wasn't really good at any kind of sports or whatever, but I needed an after-school activity. So uh, that was usually uh, music-related or theater-based. And uh, <clears throat> But I didn't really decide to do music until I moved to San Francisco and uh, joined my first band up there, which uh, was a rap metal band. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, I had actually been writing raps for a while at that time and I uh, was pretty obsessed with hip-hop and all of that and uh, so that was a, a natural choice for me to join a rap metal band and then uh, I met Mark and started doing music down in LA and uh, then Hypnagogia was born pretty soon after that. Um, do you have any dreams of going back maybe not towards rap metal but doing rapping in your work uh, going um, forward? Actually I I, I did uh, this little mixtape. I don't know if you caught it. It's the Interstellar uh, Travel Companion mixtape. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, it kind of bridges the the two uh, Water on Mars and Lost in, Lost in Space together. And there's a, a song on there called Zeitgeist uh, that I did with uh, an LA outfit called uh, Shotgun Radio. And I actually did uh spit a little verse <laughs> very cool actually wrapped a little bit and i hadn't done that in a while yeah, one of the things i've noticed also about the work you've done with hypnogaja and also on your own is you're you're a big fan of older music and you do some really interesting work with covers like she works hard for the money on the newest record is probably one of my favorite covers i've heard in a long time because you took oh, a song that's already really great and then made it your own and evolved it thanks and um, where where did the idea to cover that song come from? Is it something you'd always wanted to do, or it's just something that kind of came to you? Uh, well, Mark and I are really big fans of Donna Summer, mm-hmm. and uh, love all her work. And we wanted to <clears throat> do uh, a cover of, of one of her songs after she died. We were, uh, you know, touched by her uh, absence and wanted to give a little back uh, to her and kind of pay tribute and uh, wanted to do something that was both her and me at the same time. Sure. So we kind of revamped She Works Hard for the Money. Yeah, it's actually like I've shared the record with a lot of my friends and that's a lot of a lot of the times they go well this is awesome and the original work is great but he really like i like something about someone who can take a cover and make it their own you know it's very easy to just do an homage and kind of replicate the original which which is also cool in its own right but to to take something and kind of make it your own sound but still still honor what came before is is a neat thing to see yeah, I, I love doing that, and I, I like to think that my style is uh, great enough that I can take anything and make it my own. Well, yeah, I mean, even back in, with Hypnogaja, when you guys covered um, Here Comes the Rain Again, that's another yeah. one where you guys kind of just took a song that was originally beautiful, but also changed it to make it your own and give it a new spin. 
Yeah, we, we definitely did that. I don't know if you know, but there are uh, covers of our version of Here Comes Rain Again uh, all over the Internet. <laughs> are there really? No, I hadn't known that. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, for whatever reason, it became a really big hit in Turkey. Oh, wow. Uh, you, you can see uh, some Turkish kids get down and uh, play our chords and sing my licks to that song. I, I think they think we wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty neat, though, that, that people are showing their love for a song that either they thought you wrote or they just liked that version so much. Yeah, exactly. So it's so it's good to feel appreciated. So uh, obviously you're a big fan of music, both making it and listening to it. Um, besides you know, working on music itself, do you have any hobbies or pastimes that you really enjoy aside from uh, comics? Uh, I really like comics a lot. Um, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I was big uh, X-Men fan growing up, and, you know, I love Marvel, and uh, right now I'm obsessed with The Walking Dead uh, books, and uh, Spawn, I collect those back issues. Uh, yeah, comics, I think, are a bit of a hobby for me. Do you, uh, so you mentioned The Walking Dead, which I also read myself, although I'm way behind on it. Um, have you been watching the show as well, or do you just Oh, yeah, I, I love the show. The show is actually what got me into it. Like, I watched that first season, and then it ended, and I was like, okay, I really need more. <laughs> so I went and uh, started buying the collected editions on my iPad. Yeah, it's kind of great the way technology has made comics reading almost even instantly easier because you can yeah, just download I, everything. I, I fought the uh, you know the digital thing for a while because I wanted to be a, a cool you know comic book collector, but you know I ran out of room on my shelves to put books <laughs> on. <laughs> so, and then uh, one of the reasons I never got into The Walking Dead as a, a comic is I, I wasn't really into black and white comics, but on my iPad, it's all cool and backlit, and it's uh, a lot more entertaining than just reading a black and white paper comic. Sure. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny, though, with the physical media stuff. Like, I feel the same way about my CDs. Um, I moved in with my fiance about uh, six months ago, but a lot of my stuff was still at my old place, and I've recently been moving my CDs and a bunch of other stuff over, and I'm looking at them going, don't need the discs anymore. Yeah. But, like I like having that physical media because I love yeah. the art books and all that other stuff. And it's cool to see that, but it's like, it just takes up so much space and they're so heavy. It's like, yeah. you have to eventually, I think in a time like this, let go of that physical media stuff. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's hard. I, I've got a, you know, a, a big stack of CDs that I need to get rid of, but you know, I just, they, the physical holds a, a piece of my heart, and I can't quite part with them all the way. Yeah, that's something I can totally relate to. I mean, also, there's something about a vinyl record, like the way it looks and smells and sounds on a record player, that you don't get from uh, an MP3. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got a big vinyl collection as well. Oh, yeah? How many yeah. vinyl records do you have? Uh, a big closet full, and then some. <laughs> oh, wow. Very cool. <laughs> Have you ever thought about printing any of the Shy Boy stuff on vinyl records? Uh, we have. It's oh, yeah? expensive, though. So right now it's cost prohibitive. Sure, I'm sure. I mean, that's the great thing about digital media as an artist is you can just put it out. There's much less cost to releasing exactly. something online versus releasing the physical media because nothing has to be made. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> With your um, writing process, when you're putting together an album, like, for example, the new album, Lost in Space, do you start with lyrics and then kind of put the music together or does the music come first or does it change from song to song uh it changes from song to song uh there's a song uh missing michigan that's on lost in space and i pretty much had the whole uh lyric and melody written a cappella, and then i got together with wendy waldman and uh her son abe and we uh, wrote some chords with uh mark newbar to go with the, the a cappella song I had written. And then there's other times like uh like in Water on Mars, uh <clears throat> Wendy uh wrote those piano chords and uh then my concept kinda came to light and I pretty much wrote all the lyrics and melodies uh the next day. <laughs> oh wow. Just cause uh her chords were speaking to me. So it all depends. And for the for the album titles and the themes of the albums, you said you are someone who's very much looking to the stars and obsessed with space. Is it just the the ideas to to create these space theme records just kind of happen because of that love, or does it just feel natural from the way the songs are written and the, the arc that comes together? Um, I guess a little bit of both. You know, I I don't like to dictate you know too much or set too many rules. I kind of like to let things happen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm obsessed with space and all of all of that and what that entails. So usually, I uh, will write about whatever I'm currently obsessed with or thinking about or whatnot. Makes sense. I mean, and the 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 arcs are so tightly weaved together on those records and they just fit so well that a space theme kind of just supports the whole thing. You've released two records, 2013 and 2014, pretty much years back to back. Do you have another record already on the on the chopping block to come out in 2015? Have you been working on some new stuff? Actually, yeah, uh, the new <clears throat> I have a new EP that comes out uh, later this month. Uh, called the Daisy Pusher EP, and it's it's a little bit of a separation from those because uh, <laughs> I actually recorded it a, a while ago with uh, Mark Newbar, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of just shelved it and didn't know what to do with it, and uh, now we decided the time is right, and we're just going to go ahead and put it out. Oh, cool, very awesome. And where will people be able to find that, and when? Uh, I, <clears throat> iTunes. I think it comes out the twenty seventh. Excellent. Very cool. I'll make sure that I put a link to the episode to that record or EP rather when the episode comes out. Um, yeah, of course. Sure. Um, it's just always nice to share with the world artists that I appreciate and think do such great work, especially since your sound, I feel is so unique because you're not, you're not just trying to be a heavy rock band or a techno act or, you know, you're, you're melding genres and mixing certain things. And from, even from song to song, the the style of your record can change but still fit within the through line and i think that's an interesting thing to hear because you don't hear that a lot now a lot of people stick to one genre and just go i'm gonna stick here and i'm not going to experiment and play and i mean some fans like that safety but it's i always appreciate when an artist will take risks yeah a lot of that sometimes is due to record labels and whatever a and r agenda they're pushing and you know, sometimes artists don't really get to say if they want to change uh, styles or not. Sure. 
but uh, I have the luxury of being independent, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. <laughs> which which seems to work work out very well, at least for for those albums and for your work. Um, have do you have any plans on um, doing? I know you had actually featured another artist on your newest record, Black Molly. Um, on the song Star-Crossed Lovers. Do you plan to do any other feature work, have people sing on your records, sing on other records coming up? Uh, yeah, actually, I think I'm uh, going to be doing some work with Kat Robichaux, who was featured last season on The Voice. Uh, she's moved out to California. We've since become friends and uh, planned on doing a couple shows together, and I think we might actually record a duet and put that out. Very cool. Awesome. Is um, if you could uh, duet, this is the kind of uh, dream question. If you could do a duet with any artist, who would that be and why? Uh, alive or dead? Uh, that's a really, really hard one. <laughs> I know it's like asking someone to pick their favorite thing of their things. You know. I mean, honestly, I would probably choose Donna Summer. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, she's had such a great voice and I, I feel like I could uh, learn from her and I feel like she would have little tidbits actually I uh, went and saw a show with this guy uh, Prince Poppycock who sang with uh, Donna on uh, America's Got Talent mm-hmm. and uh, you know I couldn't wait to ask him how that was so we asked him and he said that it was great and she was really nice and she gave him the advice of eating uh, fresh pineapple and mango before the show and it actually will help uh, coat the throat and help you sing better so now I actually do that before shows <laughs> wow that's great so you yeah. eat fresh pineapple and mango before every one of your shows I try to yes <laughs> that, that's awesome I see and you know I know a lot of singers I've never heard that one before so that's a I, cool trick I've never learn. heard it either I've, I've heard the juice thing and you know hot tea but mm-hmm. uh the, the fresh uh, mango and pineapple actually really do a great job. Something about the, the pulp and, you know, the fresh juice. Very cool. And, uh, not not only has this interview been enlightening, it's educational, too. That's, that's always good. <laughs> um, so um, I know we talked a little earlier about um, you not really getting into your heavy music career until you moved to the West Coast. Have you already always lived on that side of the country, or did you only move there later on? I moved there later on. Uh, I grew up in Michigan. Oh, okay. And, and what gave you that desire or want to move to, to the other coast? Uh, I just wanted to get out of Michigan, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot to do in Michigan? Uh, well, I'm from Ann Arbor, uh, which is like a, a college town. It's mm-hmm. actually not unlike Berkeley or a place like that. Uh, and it's a really cool town. You know, we used to say, oh, I wish I didn't grow up here because then I could come here and discover it for the first time. But <laughs> you, know, you grow up somewhere, you kind of want to get out and spread your wings. And sure. I'd had a friend that had moved out to San Francisco uh, and invited me to come live with them so i took him up on it and went out there as soon as i could <laughs> cool yeah it's funny living in new york my whole life i realized that this is a city that a lot of people move to get to to go away from somewhere whereas yeah. i've always lived here so i kind of take it for granted a little bit like oh yeah. yeah i guess this is a place you'd want to escape to meanwhile i'll visit my friends in small towns you know in the middle of the country and be like this is so cool and they're like are you crazy <laughs> What do you mean it's cool? It's quiet. There's nothing to do here. I know. It's so relaxing. 
Like I went to Arizona for the first time with my fiance because her family's from out there and it was quiet. It was warm. It was nice. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like to relax and not do a thousand things at once. Now I see now why people will go to those places. Because those big cities have that kind of rush and draw that creative types kind of tend to gravitate towards. Yeah, well, that's where we get the most work. Well, that's also true. So are you doing, I know you said you have no plans to go on a tour anytime soon, but are you doing uh, live gigs around um, California? Do you have live gigs out there or regular shows that you do? Uh, well, I have a, a DJ gig that I do twice a month uh, out here in L.A. Uh, for a mashup club called Booty L.A. Oh, cool. Oh, that's right. I've seen those those ads online. And so how did you uh, end up getting that, that DJ gig? Well, I, I've been a DJ for a long time. <laughs> uh-huh. Before I started doing music, I uh, thought I wanted to be a commercial DJ. Mm-hmm. Even went to school for it for a year, and then I you know, found out that, oh, I don't get to play what I want to play? Oh, that sucks. No, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I kind of just you know stuck to making my little mixtapes for friends and whatnot and actual tapes on cassettes, you know? Yeah. Back when those were still the main media. Yeah. And, uh, then for extra cash around LA, I would, you know, take DJ gigs, but I I could never settle on a genre. I'd be like, you know, a dance DJ, you know, one minute hip hop DJ, the next. And then, uh, mashups kind of came out and were formed. And I fell in love with that as a genre just because I didn't have to, only play one form of music I could play all of it at the same time so when uh, the mashup thing kind of happened in the I don't know mid aughts I uh, discovered Booty LA and started going and uh, I was also making my own mashups so I would give them uh, my mashups to play in the club and they liked them and they uh, asked me to DJ and kind of just spiraled out of control and now I'm there twice a month very cool. And so um, the DJA thing you said you've been doing even longer. So I, I, I'm surprised, though, that you don't get to play what you want to play. Is that a thing that, that is common knowledge? I guess not, since what, you didn't find um, out until you went to school for it. Yeah, I mean, if you are listening to a, you know, a mainstream radio station, that mm-hmm. is not picking that music. The musical director is picking that music. Actually, most radio stations work that way, where the musical director picks the music and the DJ just plays what he's told. So then the DJ is just fill, filling this role as like a personality. They're not actually getting pretty to much. music. Yeah. yeah. That's a Unless dis- they're like a specialty, you know, mix, uh, mix show DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely being told what to play. They're that's, just a personality. That's kind of depressing to learn as someone who's... Oh, I was so depressed <laughs> to learn that. <laughs> like as someone who loves music, and I mean, I've had my music website for a while now, but I've always thought about... You know, like anyone who has technology, you know, I make playlists on Spotify and I make all these mixes and I'm like, right, oh, yeah. I could totally do this. This would be great. I could get a, 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 a you know, a, I, getting a gig playing music would be amazing. But that's so depressing to learn that you don't actually get to choose. No. Yeah. Being the musical director is the gig you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just doesn't seem quite the same. Being a guy in a suit no. writing lists of songs, I feel like, meh. Yeah. But I'm mean, not to knock that job. I'm sure it's a great job. It's just it's not, you know what I envision being a DJ would be like, but that's cool that you get to do these live gigs. And so are they evening weekend gigs, usually the, the twice a month gigs? Yeah, they're uh, twice a month on Saturdays. The, usually the first and third Saturday of the month. 
Very cool. That's awesome. And um, have you ever, um, do you look to do DJ gigs at other places or are you just kind of content to do them at Booty LA for now? Uh, well, Booty is a international club. Uh, I've actually gotten to go over to uh, Booty Berlin and DJ there. That oh, very cool. cool. And uh, there's also a Booty in New York that goes off four times a year that I've done a couple times. And uh, Booty San Francisco is where it all started, and I uh, go up there a couple times a year. That's awesome. So, so they're kind of a little bit you know, all over, and you get to see, see different parts of the world as a result. That's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really really cool club, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, and then you know, there's the other whatever side gigs come birthday party. I've I've actually DJed a friend's wedding before. That was pretty fun. That's cool. Uh, and then uh, you know, whatever, whatever. If somebody can fit my uh, bill, I uh, DJed the. Santa Barbara West Beast Festival one year. Uh, that was pretty cool, too. It was right there on the beach. And so now, besides the DJ work, and of course your work, your solo work that you've been doing as Shy Boy um, lately, do you have any aspirations to try other genres, too? You do a lot of genre me meshing within your own music, which now that you've talked about your DJ gigs some more, makes a lot of sense that you like to mix all these different things. Are there other genres of music you've been interested in trying that you have not maybe played specifically yet? Well, that's the, the David Pusher EP that's coming out. It's actually a house EP, uh, dance music. Oh, very cool. And that's one of the reasons why we decided to put it out was just because the uh, house seems to be like a, a, a quote-unquote new sound, even though it's not. <laughs> right, yeah, it's been around for a while, but it's getting gaining, like I guess, mainstream popularity now. Yeah, yeah, the EDM thing seems to be kind of winding down, and uh, you know, tempos are slowing down, and uh, people are uh, wanting a uh, house in all these. Because uh, I also do music for film and television, so I get you know uh, lists of things that people are looking for, and uh, now everybody's looking for house. So hey, I have a house EP I did a while back, so I'll go ahead and put that out. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, you got to strike the iron while it's hot, and if, if yeah, yeah, things are gaining mainstream popularity. I mean, it's kind of funny how the mainstream will find something and claim, this is brand new, and you're like, no, it's been out for a decade. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's you, so it's new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's cool. That's that's awesome that you're kind of going to put that out there, too, so people can see the variety of sound that you have. Um, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question now, which I've, I like to ask artists just because I'm curious what they lean towards. When you play live, do you have a favorite song that you prefer to play or a favorite few songs that are just that much more to fun to perform live than your other songs? Uh, well, actually, uh, going back to covers, uh, there's a cover of Sade's Is It a Crime mm -hmm. that is probably my favorite song to sing live. That's awesome. That, that I started doing with my band a couple of years ago. And uh, it just—I don't know—it's just one of my favorite things. I mean, I—I'd uh, always loved that song, and uh, I actually got to kind of, uh, you know, rearrange it and put it in my key so that I'm able to, you know, hit those notes just as uh, hard as she does and give it that emotive quality. Uh, but yeah, that's probably my favorite song to sing right now. That's awesome. 
Um, and since, since you've made it clear that you do like a lot of different genres of music and like to mix them together, would you say that there was one very specific influence coming up of where your music leaned towards? I mean, you said you started in rap metal and rap rock. Were there artists that really influenced you or is it just kind of a, a whole grouping of artists that really impacted your style? Yeah, it's just, it's just a whole grouping, you know, uh, like I said, I grew up listening to Donna Summer. Uh, Prince was a big influence. And then, uh, you know, bands like Nirvana, groups like the Beastie Boys. And then, you know, I'll even get uh, into some jazz vocals like Nina Simone. And uh, I was really big into the trip-hop scene when that started, like with uh, Tricky and Portishead and Massive Attack and then a Cherry. So it sounds like your taste in music kind of are kind of all over the place and you've let like a little bit of everything kind of influence and, and, and carry where, where you're headed musically. Yeah, I, I do like a little bit of everything. I mean, even, you know, opera and classical and even a little bit of country. That's awesome. I mean, and that's, that's kind of a cool thing because your musical, I, I think it would be impossible for your music to ever sound samey because you don't, you literally don't listen to the same thing all the time. So you're always bringing in new influences to, to kind of steer your direction, which yeah, I, I think is a neat way that. musically. Yeah. I try to do that a little bit on purpose. You know, I, I, I think there's uh two settings for songwriters and one is input and one is output. And uh, you've got to, you know, be on input for a while before you can actually put something out that's good in my in my opinion that's that's how i work right um has there ever been uh either music that you've created that you just couldn't find the right lyrics for or lyrics that you could just never find the right music to fit or do you kind of always manage to figure it out uh sure there's a there's a you know uh, a good handful or two of of songs that remain unfinished because of one of those scenarios or or more <laughs> and and do you find do you find that it's better to just kind of let them sit and come back to them later and hope that have, has that ever happened like you let something sit for a while and when you came back to it you were able to solve that puzzle uh well yeah that's kind of what the daily pusher ep is you know because we did that uh a while ago while we were touring heavily with hypnagogia we just mark and i wanted to just have a little outlet that wasn't so uh aggressive right so we came up with this kind of loungy house sound and uh and it, it took us uh, a while but uh now it's finally found its place and we're about to put it out awesome that's that's really cool um i'd meant to ask um with with the band hypnogaja where did the name for that band come from uh it was probably one of the only things i learned in college <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, state between wakefulness and sleep. Oh. Uh, you're not awake, you're not asleep, you're in hypnagogia. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's pretty cool. And that's, I, just I, cool. I just thought it was a cool word. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's as good a reason to name a band as any other. But, but kind of, I mean, the, 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 a lot of the, the sounds that you guys came out with, especially the, the last record you guys put out, kind of had that kind of almost dream state feel. So it, it definitely makes sense. Um, I still remember the first time I ever heard the March from that record. And, uh, that song, like it still is one of my favorite songs. Like if I want to get energized or get going, like I just put that song on, it gets me moving. Cool. It's a bit of an anthem. Yeah. 
Um, and it, you know, I think I was very excited to see because there was this break and then of course you started coming out with the solo records. And when I started listening to waters of Mars, I was so excited to hear both something new from you, but also, like I said, an, almost a, a similar sound on some of the songs to what you had been doing with Hypnogaja, that that sound is still exists because like I said, the fusion of music that you do is not really very commonplace. Like mashups are popular, but a lot of people who are in a genre, like you said, because the record labels are just doing that sound. And it's nice to hear something that can go from one place to another in the same record. Cool. Because we find, because I, my other show besides the one-on-one interview show that I do is a music review show and we review albums every week. And a big problem we hear is when a, record just gets comfortable doing the same thing it's boring for a music listener you know you want to be engaged and entertained when listening and when something sounds the same all the time it's not very interesting sometimes yeah i definitely uh get that i mean it's uh it's a fine line though because i think some artists actually pull off their same sound over and over again very well like the weekend i think does a really good job of that uh, and then, you know, artists like Sade, like there's nobody else that sounds like Sade and she can not have an album come out for 10 years and then 10 years later put out an album that sounds just like the one before it and I'll still love it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it's like a lot of people say the same thing about ACDC. They've been making the same music for 30 years. Yeah. But people still eat it up and I'm one of those people. So I guess you're right. It does depend on the band's, uh, I guess it depends on the band's artistry, even within that same sound too, to a point. Yeah. Yeah, if, if they have a strong identity, like one of those artists, you know, then they can pull it off. More power to them. Um, so um, you're you clearly a talented singer, and you do some great work on your records, and you're instrumentalist as well. What what do you have a favorite sound or thing that you work on with your records? Do you prefer to play music, DJ, sing, or is it a little of everything, or do you have a uh, one that you lean more towards? It's a little everything. I mean, I, I definitely uh, look at singing as an outlet. And, uh, you know, sometimes if I if I don't get to uh, sing and kind of uh, release that uh, tension, I can get a little moody. <laughs> so uh, that's definitely uh, an outlet for me, singing. But um, I don't know. I, I, I lean towards anything uh, that lets me be moody. There you go. Um, do you, is there any instruments or things related to music that you really look forward to learning that you haven't really grasped yet or gotten the hang of that you want to learn over the next few years? I mean, I guess with, you know, all the rapid changing technology, I'd, I'd like to learn how to, I don't know, maybe work an Ableton board or something weird that I've never done before. That's cool. And, um, is that something that you've even played with at all a little or is it something that you've no, not even played? I've, I've, no, that's, that's just, a, just an idea. <laughs> something, a goal to set, to, to work towards. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Very awesome. And So you said earlier that you're very into comics and uh, Walking Dead was one of the big ones. But um, there was news that came out a couple of days ago about how Marvel's planning to end its whole universe. Did you see that article? I, I didn't. I mean, I, I saw it, but I didn't click on it, so I don't really know uh, what's going on with that. Are they like 
really they're just going to end all the comics or well, it looks like they're going to try and do like an extinction level event or giant reset button where they just end everything with one giant event and a lot uh, of people are just like what what are you doing why <laughs> you know it's like you're like marvel is so ahead of itself as far as you know with the movies and everything else it's got so much steam it's like why would you do this yeah but i mean dc did that a few years ago with the new 52 so i feel like Every company just wants to kind of start over, you know, or try something different. Well, it's easier for them to than to keep track of, you know, what happened in issue 197, you know, when they're already on issue 1,000, you know. <laughs> right. It's kind of why I like when, when certain comics are kind of just a small compressed story because then you can just, you don't have to worry about it getting ridiculous. Like The Walking Dead is never going to have a multiverse event because it's... Oh, right, yeah. It's yeah. just people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. That's it, okay. you know. But um, uh, the best multiverse event was the, uh, the Dark Rain. I really liked that a lot. Dark Rain was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. The the Dark X Men and the Dark Avengers. I thought that was totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any new comics you're looking forward to to coming out specifically that aren't out yet? Uh, nothing I can think of. I mean. Honestly, I I don't I'm, I'm bad. I don't go to my comic book shop anymore. I just buy yeah. everything on my apps. <laughs> oh, uh, except, for, except for the old issues of Spawn, which are not available on uh, the Image app. I don't know if you know that. Really? So they have newer Spawn, but not older stuff. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, they've got like the Curse of Spawn and all the other Spawn offshoots, but they don't have the actual Spawn uh, books available on there. It seems like a I, poor I'm choice. I'm guessing that it's because Todd McFarlane wants to make the the books worth more. Yeah, that's true. If you can get them everywhere digitally, then their value would plummet. And yeah, yeah. Well, I think he learned that lesson when they pressed uh, Spawn issue number one a million times, and now it's worth like nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much worthless. Yeah. So you're clearly a big fan of Spawn. Did you absolutely hate the movie they made in the 90s? Oh, yeah. It was really, really terrible. I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. Like, I remember at the time I hadn't really been into Spawn yet. Um, I just discovered the HBO cartoon and I was watching that, which was really awesome. That was awesome. I loved that show. That that TV show was incredible. And then the movie was coming out after I'd seen the cartoon. I was like, oh, a live action movie? Michael Jai White? Oh, this this will probably be awesome. And Yeah, nope. yeah it, it had promising, but yeah. you know, John Leguizamo is a bit of a clown, in my opinion. <laughs> in this cool, spawn, spawn scary way. Yeah, it just didn't work. Like, I understand what they were trying to do with the character. And it was some of the stuff was kind of cool. But yeah, as a movie, it just kind of fell apart. But uh, but yeah, that cartoon actually they I think they recently released on a DVD like anthology thing, and uh, I'm thinking about picking it up because I remember staying up late, way past my bedtime, watching that cartoon that I probably shouldn't have been watching at the age it came yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> but was so excited to see this ridiculously twisted and awesome cartoon. Yeah, and I feel like they don't do that enough anymore. Like a lot of the cartoons that are quote unquote adult or or made that way are just goofball and very yeah. They still kind of skew them so that children aren't scared or you know parents aren't offended. <laughs> yeah, and th- and that cartoon was definitely one thing where they you know it was very true to the comics. You know, it was very yeah, just yeah. these images. But I've always loved darker comics like that. Like I've always kind of preferred Marvel to DC just because it's a little bit darker. People die, you know, things like that. Uh, except for my 
favorites uh, these are the really dark Batman novels, like uh, the Long Halloween. And oh yeah, or the Hush series was also oh, the pretty Hush dark. Was really really good. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading Hush for the first time. I hadn't I hadn't read it, and then I played one of the newer Batman video games, and they referenced Hush. And I was like, I want to know more about this character. So my friend lent me uh, the first cool. book, and it blew me away. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, the Killing Joke is another good Batman. Oh yeah, I I keep hearing about that one. I haven't read it yet, but I'm told that I should because it's it's apparently a killing joke. Because that's one's like the full story of the Joker and his origins and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, the Joker is probably one of my favorite DC villains because he's just so multidimensional and twisted. He's yeah. a fun <laughs> villain. Fun. I use the term fun loosely, but you know he's yeah, he's right. an interesting <laughs> villain. He's an interesting yeah, villain to read because. He, there's so much to him. He's not just homicidal. There's so many more things to him. Yeah. That, that is just interesting to read about, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Shy Boy, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Um, it's a pleasure yeah. to get to talk to you. I'm I'm always a fan of your work and everything you're doing, and I will definitely keep an eye out on that. I'm looking forward to the Daisy Pushers EP when that comes out later this month. Um this show is a bi-weekly show, so I believe this episode will be out a little over two weeks from now. So I'll be sure to send it your way uh, via Facebook so you can share it around. But I really appreciate you taking the time to chat, man. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. And if you're uh, ever in New York again, let me know. I will, definitely. All right. Take care, man. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.